Welcome to Breaking Free Podcast, your recovery, your way. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Liv. You're in the right place if you want to explore what it means to be in recovery, to challenge the things that keep us small, and to learn how to thrive independently. Together, we are Breaking Free. Just a quick reminder that while I'm a nurse and a coach, and Liv is a coach, recovery advocate, and a writer, we are not doctors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you need to, please, please see a doctor. The Alana Club of Portland is proud to sponsor the Breaking Free podcast. Your recovery, your way, is at the heart of our approach to recovery support services. Hi, everyone. Today's episode is about body attunement, and that means really being connected to our body. We're going to be talking on this episode about some of the barriers to that, and that may be different types of trauma. So if you're feeling um, that those topics, and you know, we go into all kinds of trauma, so if those topics may be triggering for you, this might not be the best episode for you right now. Um, you're welcome to read the show notes if that feels better than hearing us talk about it, um, hearing our voices t- describe these things. But um, um, just really be, um, please check in with yourself and make sure that this episode is right for you right now. Okay, thanks. Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about body attunement. And this is basically a concept of becoming more connected to our body. And we'll dive into what it really means and how to do it. But I'd love to hear first from Liv, what has this uh, meant for you? It's an interesting question. You know, we were talking about this before the episode, you know, is it, is it, a concept that we're aware of and I wasn't you know and and I and I think I was on the way as I believe that a lot of people are on the on the way to achieve a level of attunement in the process of recovery Mm -hmm. it's one of the things that we encounter but we don't necessarily couch it in these terms Mm -hmm. so when I'm talking about it what I mean is the process of listening to what my instinct is saying. I remember when I was probably in my first few weeks of sobriety and my then sponsor said, you have this block between your head and your heart. Mm. And I was like, what the, what What are you talking about? <laughs> like, you know, and she wouldn't give me an answer either. And I think that was what was really frustrating to me. So, you know, for me, I see it very simply as alignment. Mm-hmm. you know awesome. that am I in tune with what you know as I hold my stomach is what my instinct is saying mm-hmm. um I was writing rewriting the first chapter of my book this morning it's coming. it is coming slowly <laughs> let's do some applause because <laughs> Liv and I are both writing books and it's hard it's yeah. really hard but it's it's like a a passion and it's there's yeah and I can't it's wait healing Liv's book's gonna be incredible I can't wait and it is morphed into several different books but um but yeah my my point is this that you know when I think back to that moment I was on the bathroom floor mm. and what I now see is that I was going through an alcohol detox mm. on my own which folks don't do mm-hmm. don't mess see a doctor mm-hmm. listen to our disclaimer <laughs> um <clears throat> you know and I and I described this moment uh, and I, I call it grace or my instinct mm-hmm. of, you know, this this at that point it was a whisper, mm-hmm. and it said to me, you know, just just don't drink, mm-hmm. just, you know, just do the next thing, just don't drink, mm-hmm. and as I've grown in my recovery, that voice has become louder and louder to the point now where it can 
I feel it somatically. So I feel it like I, I it happens in so many different situations, mm-hmm. you know, I, and in various ways it will be different. So, you know, like in the dating, I feel it most when I'm dating. Mm. If I am in a situation where I am not, my values are not being honoured mm-hmm. and that that person doesn't honour me and respect me, mm. my instinct, I will feel sick. I will mm. feel sick. My stomach will feel uneasy. And that to me is, is another way of, of me somatically experiencing what, my instinct is telling me so it's a very long-winded way of saying for me attunement is is having my head and my heart be able to listen to what my instinct is saying because I think so often particularly for people with substance use disorder we listen to what our head says Mm -hmm. way more than the rest of us Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like it's modeled in our culture as well to um, be smart about things, you know, to to do the, the uh, you know, analyzing of it and then do the smart thing. And... But also not to trust your feelings. I was just mm-hmm. listening to an audiobook on the way here, the Laurie Gottlieb book, I, I Think You Need to Talk to Someone, and it's mm-hmm. the story of a therapist. It's brilliant. Mm. And she was saying, we'll put it in the show notes, it's a really good book. And she was saying, you know, as children, we're taught not to trust our thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, mummy, I feel sad or I feel angry. Oh, don't be sad. Mm-hmm. you know everything is minimized mm-hmm. so like you say society has brought us up mm-hmm. to believe that we can't trust our thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. so when you get into recovery and you remove the numbing agents you've got all these thoughts and feelings and you don't trust them and and i and i feel like that's compounded by 12 step philosophies in some Mm -hmm. ways because we're told not to trust our thinking yeah yeah and it's challenging because i think there is a lot of wiring that is um shaming or you know you hear thing you know you're telling yourself things that you know you're bad and all of these things and then what are you going to want to do self-soothe right or soothe with substances or whatever yeah and so i i think it's that the growth opportunity and the reason we want to bring this episode to you all is that it's an opportunity to get to that little voice that really is you know coming from a place of love and caring for ourselves right and the place of rather than the uh in our head so i think it's it's true that we haven't been able to build rebuild that trust and connection and that's part of the process of recovery um you know and in, in the book it says that one line about um uh Oh my gosh! Why can't I? Intu- we'll, we'll we'll intuitively know how to handle things, oh, which is debacle. Yeah. Us. yeah, and that I think, you know, there's a lot there's a lot there, but that it's one so much to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> but there is that one, and it's like, yeah, we do come to a place. It's in the promises, right? So yeah. the, the idea of like in the process of recovery, we will n- begin to know how to handle things yeah. that we used to be like, what the fuck am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah, and I think that was the true intent. Of, of AA in the 12 steps mm-hmm. you know I think the value has been diluted by the fellowship um but this isn't a podcast about AA <laughs> yeah so I, I do I do agree and I think there are some elements of the steps in a, in a similar way to um cognitive behavioral therapy where mm-hmm. they challenge the thought process and yes I can think it can get distorted into what we consider to be defective behavior. Yeah, totally. Or yeah. your addict, you know, like yeah. your addict in the car park doing press-ups, yeah. you know. I, I don't buy into that, but I do agree that there, there have been some pathways that we have developed in our brain that 
are, for want of a better word, defective because yeah, we are choosing us. to use a substance that provides us a reward mm-hmm. and in a in a harmful way. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like we're disconnected from ourselves and that and our substance use has furthered that disconnect. Yeah. And further confused our thinking on it. And so I don't believe that we you know, you can never trust your thinking or that you're broken or any of that. No. And I think many of us were never modeled how to be more connected to our body. Yeah. And we're discouraged from being connected to our yes. body. And so therefore part of recovery for me, a huge part of it has been body attunement. Yeah. And then I guess that feeds into diet culture too. You know, we're told that we can't trust our bodies. Oh yeah, don't you know? And you don't want this body. So, Mm -hmm. so I I feel like in every way we're modeled to be detached from our bodies. Yeah, we're we're at war with our bodies, right? Like we're we're trying to ignore them. We're trying to, uh, you know, this. uh, We're trying to like our appetite, right? We're trying to suppress or ignore it, which I've talked about. Yeah. Um, But this weekend, I went to, and we're posting this a little later than we're going to record it. But I went to. A, a camp called Camp Yes. It's a retreat for women. Um, like, it's can we like, have a bell for Marley? Oh my gosh, Marley Williams, Camp Yes. We have to. I have to say Marley. <laughs> Marley. <laughs> <laughs> so she, yeah. So she runs this retreat, and it's incredible. And you know, there was this um, these questions that were kind of floating around. That's called the Connect Deck, which she created. And um, and so we'll put that in the show notes. Um, Anyway, it's not. This is not a recovery based um, retreat, but it's it, it's amazing for any woman that wants because to. Because alcohol isn't part of the retreat. No, it's an it is substance free. Event. free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it's a safe space. Anyway, so there was these questions flowing around, and one of them was, "Who's your biggest supporter?" Mm-hmm. And I haven't told Liv this, but um, but I actually said, "Liv, my podcast co-host." Aww, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, but then can we have a bell for Tiffany? We did have a bell for our for our relationship. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, so, but later it hit me that it never even, like, I kind of thought about the people in my life, Mm -hmm. but you know what I didn't think about? How much of a support my body is and how, like, it has taken so much for me. Like, I got super emotional because it was like, oh my gosh, my body's my biggest support. Like, my body is like my cheerleader. It carries me everywhere. It takes everything for me. You know, on my worst day, it's there with me. Yeah. It's, you know provides me so many, um, you know, ways of experiencing the world, right? All of our mm. senses. Anyway, it was this, it's like incredible moment where I was like, holy smokes, why don't, why don't I consider my body like a relation that I have a relationship with my body still? And I've done all this yeah. work, <laughs> you know? You know, it's interesting you say that I, I was, I posted something on our Instagram page this week about, um, trauma recovery and that, part of somatic healing is finding a place in our bodies that feels safe Mm. and it occurred to me you know like when I touch my stomach you know and I because I believe um I don't know if I've ever shared this that I have you know when we we went to do a pelvic bowl meditation Mm -hmm. we should have a a whole episode on that oh my gosh yeah Jen Owens Mm -hmm. um and that's where my my inner child is Mm. And um, so when I when I hold my stomach, that feels very nurturing and safe to me. But it occurred to me, like, I don't think in those terms. Mm. Like, why don't we, why don't we, like, I, I want to hear from our listeners, where do you feel safe in your body? Mm. And do you? Like, have you even thought about that? Mm-hmm. Is that something you're, you've been It blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel safe in your body? Mm. That's a great question. 
Yeah, I would say I've found some space in my pelvic bowl that, that feels safe. Um, but I actually, when I first started doing this work, I had to do a lot of, <laughs> this is interesting, I had to do a lot of work to really feel that that was all integrated and that it was safe to be there because I, um, I have a back injury and I have some gut health issues. And I actually had someone say to me, like, why do you abandon your belly? Like, yeah. why do you abandon your body that way? Because I would just try to distract myself or stay yeah. out of that area, like energetically stay out of that area. Um, so, you know, for me, I would say it's probably more like my, like my heart area is starting to feel really safe to me, mm. but I mean, it's, it's a work in progress. I mean, I being physically in my body, this is why I'm so passionate about this topic, um, was not something, you know, I had a lot of, I had substance use disorder, alcohol use disorder. Um, I struggled with depression and then I struggled with fighting, you know, against my body, right? Like mm. body acceptance. And, um, and then I had years and years of chronic pain Yeah. and the chronic pain, it, it made it almost impossible to feel like I was safe in my body. Right. You know? so because just, you try to avoid the pain. Yeah. Because I was having so much pain. Yeah. And so uh, that's when I really decided to make my health my number one priority and get help for my chronic pain. And, um, it's been incredible. I, I've made it, I put so much more energy into it and now I'm you know, finally healing, but somewhere along the process, the pain decreased and I decided to sit with it and be in my body and, mm. and allow myself to feel it. And that was really, um, and, and, and I think it's important to note as we're discussing all of these things that for a lot of people, um, who have experienced substance use disorder, they've also experienced trauma and that sometimes includes sexual trauma. So, mm-hmm. You know, if that's something that you've experienced, you know, seek help with a professional mm-hmm. um, to process that. You know, you might feel very uncomfortable about um, being in your body. Mm-hmm. And particularly, I, I think a lot of women experience um, a distortion with the relationship with their abdomen because that's where sexual trauma is often housed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's important that you have support in exploring that mm-hmm. um I know we're we're being very vulnerable in this uh you know sharing our journeys but that's only because we've had a lot of healing mm-hmm. and, and we have a lot of support yeah mm-hmm. so much therapy <laughs> I don't think therapy will never end my therapist said to me recently we were talking about attachment stuff and she was like this is gonna take years oh. <laughs> so it's all right yeah I, I think I hate you <laughs> <laughs> I love her really. Yeah. yeah. We have a love hate relationship. Um, mm-hmm. She's the best. Anyway. Yeah. So we're going to go more into barriers a little bit later in the show. But um, but please know, listening to this, that if, um, you know, like as Liz said, if you need support, um, you know, listen to that little voice and, and get support and know that, you know, it's, um, it's really important to find safe spaces to work on this. And also know that if you're not ready to, if yeah. it doesn't feel safe, it is not, there's no judgment there. It's no. actually really supportive of um, your own autonomy, which is supportive in your healing as well, to acknowledge, like, I'm not, I don't want to address this right now. Yeah. Um, I'm not ready for this, or I don't feel ready to approach it. I don't have the support, you yeah. know, and 
that and know that every day is you know different. So even if you did make a commitment to work on it, that doesn't mean that tomorrow you're going to feel safe and want to dig into it. No, and I guess perhaps the first part of buddy attunement is actually acknowledging how we feel, mm-hmm. right? So if this feels uncomfortable, you know, like m- make sure that you've created some parameters around that. You know, if it, if it gets more uncomfortable I'm going to do this to support myself and if you know even if listening to this episode is too much or it's triggering you know don't you don't have to listen to it come back to it listen to something else Mm -hmm. um you know yes we want your support but we want your safety more than anything else yeah absolutely so all right let's back up a little (laughs) yeah so tell me (laughs) Tiffany Tiffany's more the expert on this on body attunement so tell let's talk about body attunement and and the term that you've used interoception Mm -hmm. what is that yeah that's a big word yeah so I think of body attunement I that's what I use most often because I feel like it provides a visual like okay, yeah if I'm I have a body and if I'm in tune with it body attunement done right, right? so it, it really is um being in tune with what's happening in your body how you're feeling you know what are some of the other like if you have hunger fullness signals you know is your heart pounding? Are you sweating? Are you hot? Are you cold? These things, right? But then it also, for me, goes much deeper to how do I feel? Yeah. What do I need? Um, what is my body trying to tell me? So if there's something going on, you know, if I'm if I'm feeling angry about something, is it because I had a, ba- a boundary that was crossed, which, you know, we've just done some episodes on boundaries. Um, or if I'm feeling sad, what do I yeah. need to do? It's, it's okay to sit with that, right, and, and honor that. How do I honor those feelings? So yeah. it's the process of becoming, building trust and connection with your body and then honoring your body's um, signals and needs. Yeah. So, building but, trust and connection yeah. with your body. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I think we, you know, we can very quickly skew through this, but that's really quite profound. You know, yeah. building, I mean, imagine that. I'm, I, I feel like I'm still in that process. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still learning to trust and accept my body and honor my body. And yeah, it's, it's pretty profound stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's been life changing for me, and yet I'm yeah still in like the infancy infancy period with it, right? I had so many realizations this weekend while out in nature that you know, oh, this would be a way of honoring, you know, honoring a need or honoring myself, and yeah, um, it's just, it's really interesting because it is a practice, right? So it's it's and it is fluid, and it's kind of like a. I imagine I think of it as like building stamina for it. Yeah, so. and would you say that the same uh, is true of body achievement that is for recovery? In so far as it is not linear, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. So you know, you might feel one day like, oh, I'm really comfortable in my body, and then the next day, not want to be in it. Absolutely. When we did the um, episode with Jen Mateza on yeah. sex and recovery, I was like, <sighs> like all the stuff that I talk about and do in my work and all the body attunement stuff. I still felt like, oh, that's an area that I haven't really applied this fully. Like, I haven't embraced my sexuality to the level that I would like to. And um, that really surprised me. Maybe we should go to (laughs) She-Bop. We've been talking about this. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's a a um, female-centered, like, sex 
and shop. T- yeah, toy store. Yeah, store. Store. <laughs> so, um, okay, so, so, so that's body attunement in my world. Mm-hmm. We talk about it in the um, intuitive eating world, although if you Google it, you're not going to get a whole lot. Yeah. Um, so the scientific word or the sciencey word for that is interoception. And um, I have a couple of definitions here. So the... Um, the there's an article on the origin of interoception and it's uh, what is generally agreed upon by most of the current scholars is that interoception is the perception of the state of the body so perceiving your body state and then um, what do you mean by state so are you gonna go i just interrupted your flow go on (laughs) no it's all right um so it goes uh, there's another um deeper um, bit about it in another article, and we'll post these in the show notes, and it says that interoception is the perception of sensations inside the body and includes perception of physical sensations related to internal organ functions such as heartbeat, respiratory, satiety, which is hunger and fullness signals, as well as uh, autonomic nervous system activity, so related to emotions. So if you think about fight or flight and rest or digest, you know, if you're in the relaxation response or the stress response, if you are feeling safe or not, um, and then the emotions that arise from that. So, and then it goes on to say that much of these perceptions remain unconscious, but what becomes conscious, interoceptive awareness, involves the process of inner sensations so that they become available for conscious awareness. Mm. So the idea that we have all of these sensations kind of happening within our body um, and that most of the time we're unaware of them, but we can develop an awareness of those sensations. That's so interesting. And I would say that this leans into all of the somatic work, right? So the, you know, the book by Bessel van der Kolk, The Body Keeps the Score, Mm -hmm. and um, Gabor Mate, When the Body Says No... This was how I was shown with my therapist that I had complex PTSD. Mm -hmm. Because for me, and this has been the case in a lot of my recovery, is I've had to work backwards. So I've experienced these acute feelings like what I thought was anger. Mm. And then I take a step back and look what's underneath the anger. Mm. And I see that it's hurt. Well, why am I hurt? What what did I experience? And then you start to unpack all of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, and is it that a boundary is crossed? Or, And in this particular instance with my PTSD, you know, I had started to become conscious of the way that my nervous system was dysregulated. Mm-hmm. Whereas it was so normal for me before to be, you know, full of anxiety or depression. You know, those for me were the outward flags mm-hmm. that something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. But I think as a society, we just medicate those things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in recovery, and, and I'm not suggesting that everybody does this. Yeah. But and if you have depression, see your doctor. If you right. need medication, awesome. Get some medication. Yeah. But in my personal point of view you know and I do take medication I I was able to start to become conscious of how dysregulated I feel and how Mm -hmm. certain situations would make me feel more dysregulated Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and then begin the the process of healing so Yeah. yeah it was really that yeah it was the sensation that was the the, the the kind of the portal to awareness. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, those sensations mean something. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I say it like a little cheeky, but I mean, it's it's ironic and tragic actually to me that we don't, in as a culture, 
think that that me- that those sensations are valid. We try to yeah. um, ignore them or or change them or push them away. And um, I think for a lot of people, I was just having this conversation with someone yesterday. Um, for a lot of people, that ends up in we can push it away for a period of time and eventually it ends up kind of in disaster. Like you have a meltdown or, you know, you end up with a substance use disorder or you, um, wind up, you know, um, lashing out or having like a, I just can't get out of bed for a couple of weeks. Right. Because it's painful, right. To ignore your body's sensations. Yes. It's painful. It is. (sighs) So <laughs> we're, we're really getting into this episode, if you can't tell. I think we should pause here for a commercial break, and then we'll um, come back and talk about some of the barriers to body attunement or interoception. The Alana Club of Portland is proud to sponsor the Breaking Free podcast. Your recovery, your way, is at the heart of our approach to recovery support services. As the largest and most diversely programmed non-clinical recovery support center in the United States, we've been proudly breaking barriers and forging new pathways for years to ensure everyone has a home in recovery. From peer mentoring to recovery CrossFit, from trauma-informed yoga to mindfulness training, the Alano Club of Portland has a recovery pathway that's right for you. Here at Unity Recovery, we believe recovery should be the expectation, not the exception. Whether you find support with mutual aid, harm reduction, medication, or yoga, your recovery is beautiful and worth celebrating. Learn more and become part of the recovery movement at unityrecovery.org. All right, great. So we're back. And so, um, Liv, I'd love, you know, we've talked a little bit about your experience. I'd love to hear for you or just thoughts on some of the barriers that you've experienced or that you've seen for people in recovery. In terms of the barriers to body attunement, mm-hmm. um, I I would say pain. Like you know, once you get sober, um, you, you know you find recovery in what whatever way that is. Mm-hmm. I think you do naturally increase your level of awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you've I often heard it described as you know somebody had turned the lights on mm-hmm. and turned up the sound, and for an empath such as myself and someone who's highly intuitive like it it was overwhelming it for my sensations mm-hmm. so you know it, in some ways and I think that's why I've struggled with food and I've struggled with other ways of dissociating mm-hmm. you know and 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 that that is a way for me to, to still escape because yeah it is it is painful especially if you have a trauma history mm-hmm. so you know the level of awareness that you gain in, in digging into this work is is pretty overwhelming so um you know that was a big barrier for me um and you know I've had big bouts of depression anxiety mm-hmm. my disordered relationship with food all the things mm-hmm. well you yeah. mentioned your you know having PTSD that's a huge one yeah you know if you have PTSD it's your body is going to you're you know you're you're not it's going to be really hard to be able to sit with being connected to your body and that pain and that increase in um kind of sensation right yeah because when we take so substance use itself is a barrier to body attunement because yeah. we're kind of dampening all of our senses right yeah and um we're able to dissociate or stay yeah be disconnected from our body and so when we take that away all of a sudden there's kind of a forced increased connection there is and, mm-hmm. and i and i it made me realize this only hit me you know in the last 18 months or so sitting in a meeting was actually really 
triggering for me mm-hmm. because it's very vulnerable. You mm-hmm. know, there is no... In England, meetings are all in a circle. You know, mm-hmm. you sit in a circle. There are no tables. You're facing everyone. You're and... facing people. There's no, you know... And, and it felt so incredibly vulnerable. So that made me want to dissociate further. Mm-hmm. I would sit in meetings and I would make my shopping list. I would, mm-hmm. you know, distract by looking and see who was attractive and planning our wedding. <laughs> I would, you know, I might admit it. You right, it. <laughs> we've all done it. And you know, I would, I would do all of those things to distract myself mm-hmm. um, because it was too painful. Yeah. And it was only when I came to America that I realized I had complex PTSD. Mm-hmm. So, and and it, in some ways, I was very angry that that it had taken five years for me to discover that. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so we've talked about, um, and uh, we mentioned this earlier, so adverse childhood experiences, yeah. right? Um, untreated mental health issues. So Liv mentioned yeah. anxiety, depression, PTSD, any any sort of untreated mental health issue. Yeah. Um, and then physical pain and emotional pain. Right? Yeah. And I would say even potentially spiritual pain, if that's part of your path. Um, and then shame and stigma. Yeah. Um, that's a huge one. I want to dive into that a little bit more. Um the I feel like when we have shame, we get into that wiring that I kind of mentioned at the beginning that um, kind of hijacks us, right? And I've talked about this on another episode. There was a woman who described it as an invasive species, right? So there's all this yeah. like weeds in your brain that aren't yours yeah. that came from outside of you, but we internalize those. And so when we have shame and stigma, we have this triggering of our wiring that tells us we're bad, we're not good yeah. enough, there's something wrong with us, we're broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, that comes along with... Um, wanting to get away from that right so allowing an increased awareness of those thoughts and and sitting with them and and getting curious about what is triggering them yeah and taking it slowly you know even though I was very angry about the fact that it had taken me five years to get to where I was my therapist reminded me that I I wouldn't have been able to cope with the level of awareness that I gained about the severity yeah. of my PTSD. Yeah, when you're ready, it's it's really important to be yeah. done when you're ready. So mm-hmm. so in some ways, trust the process. You know, mm-hmm. the process of recovery is is lifelong. Yeah. You know, it's it is so true when they say, as much as you roll your eyes, it is a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> totally, yeah. And we're not going to be able to just overnight, yeah, be free of all of these things. It's a process, and it takes energy and and time. Yeah, and it takes safety. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so establish safety in ways that are gentle mm-hmm. and kind and nurturing. You know, be. Te- Show yourself some tenderness, mm-hmm. you know. So for me, that looked like therapy. It also looked like, um, you know, I loved when you suggested that when you get home, you wrap yourself in a blanket mm-hmm. or go to yoga. Mm-hmm. For me, it wasn't fast-paced yoga because that was another distraction. Mm-hmm. And that is quite triggering for me because I can't do right now what I used to be do with my body earlier Mm -hmm. so a more gentle tender way is to do yin yoga or restorative yoga Mm -hmm. and to take it slowly and if I need to leave leave if you need to leave a meeting leave yeah yeah so um things that increase that connection and minimize that kind of triggering of the wiring um and that increase awareness by being curious right yeah um so we've talked about the big ones but but what I think is actually even bigger which we think of as really 
small are some of the ways that we are we operate in our culture and so um, you know we talk about numbing a lot and I think that's a pretty accurate description but I think it's also can be shaming in itself um, mm. and so for me the way that I like to think of it or frame it is reestablishing safety so if you have had a day where you are you know like your car breaks down you're out you know you have all this kind of stress happening right what are you going to want to do at the end of the day probably come home wrap yourself in a blanket get in bed watch tv eat some food whatever right yeah and that doesn't mean you're bad or there's something wrong with you um but um those things can you know kind of numbing things can disconnect us from our body so you know working on what are alternate ways that I can honor my feelings, right? Like you said, like going to yoga, wrap yourself in a blanket, being mindful when it feels safe to do so. I'm not saying in the moment, in the moment, do what you need to do to get through the moment. Yeah. But, um, but really thinking about in general, how can I increase these things? Yeah. Um, so some of the things that I think about are like screens, our, our busyness. Yeah. Um, being just really being shut down, which is encouraged, right? So you look at like somebody who's like a high powered CEO or something, and it's like they've just got it so together. But actually, a lot of times they're, um, I, I've heard this a lot from doctors, um, like I'm just like a walking head, right? Yeah. Because we're just trying to get through our day. Yeah. So that encouragement of being disconnected from our bodies so that we can power through and work hard. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as we talked about, it's not modeled. And in the intuitive eating world, one of the biggest barriers is actually rules around food um, and and negative self-talk around your body. So self-loathing around your body. Yeah. No carbs. Yeah. No carbs, right? If your body and wants in- some carbs and you're, you're like, no, but the rules are I can't have carbs. Like that's not a very in tune um, way of, you know, like it's not listening to your body. That's no. using external rules. So food rules, even food rules like I got to clean my plate because um, that doesn't take into account when you're full either. No. So, um, yeah, so arbitrary food rules. Definitely listen to the episodes on intuitive eating if you haven't, or check out my They're stuff online. They're most popular yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yesterday they had over 300 listens. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank We're you. We're going to give you an, uh, Thanks, some applause. Thanks, <laughs> All right. So we've talked a lot about ways that we can start to increase it. I think the basis um, for me is like really letting go of judgment, yeah. getting really curious, um, things that allow us more time to connect with ourselves. So being yeah. in nature, yeah. you know, meditation, self-reflection. Having having lower expectations of yourself too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I expected that I would just very quickly become some yoga guru <laughs> and... <laughs> You know, and be able to be connected all the time. You know, I don't think it's actually a reasonable expectation to expect yourself to be present all the time. It's okay to spend an hour on Facebook. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's okay if it's two. You know, I actually had a conversation with a friend recently who's really struggling with stress at work to the point where... They're getting chest pain Mm. and they started smoking again. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, you know, like, if if that's what you need to do right now Mm -hmm. to cope with the stress, to cope, then, you know, I'm not going to shame you for doing that. I'm going to support you, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's not drinking. Yeah. Or yeah. using drugs or doing, you know, it's about harm reduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, harm reduction, absolutely. And then in that lens, I would say, you know, what is the problem necess- isn't, 
of course, smoking we know is is harmful to your health, but the problem isn't the smoking. It's, you know, if you go by Gabor Mate, it's like, why the pain? So this person's yeah. job is so stressful. So then what needs to happen? Does the person need a different job? Do we yeah. need boundaries? Yeah. Is, there, is it time for a break, a vacation? Yeah. You know, what are some things we can do to start honoring those messages that the body is saying? Like, yeah. hey, this is so stressful, mm-hmm. right? And because, so... Yeah, because the body will keep score right yeah, the body lets you know eventually like you know it's i like to think of it as like you know you get this like little tap on the shoulder like hey yeah you know and then eventually it's like hey. kind of like shaking you a little bit hey hey and then hey. you know eventually it's like the club like we're too bad now i'm taking over right like it's yeah, yeah and that's when the body starts to suffer with autoimmune conditions mm. and cancers and you know that in gabor mate's book there is a very strong correlation that he draws between trauma at the repression of emotion mm. and you know the not processing of it i said that like an american then um Yay. i don't know if that's no. a good thing or not i like her english the processing <laughs> of your <laughs> situation emotional behavior and 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 actually chronic illness in later life mm-hmm. so chronic mm-hmm. pain fibromyalgia um and other chronic health conditions not immune conditions so it's really important that we do deal with this stuff safely yeah Yeah, Mm. absolutely so and we're not saying you know certainly there are people who are like uber healthy and deal with all of their stuff and they still get you know there's other factors but um if you look at being chronically in the stress response yeah absolutely it is going to have an impact on your you know on your physiological health like there's just you know definitely and we know from the ace you know test the adverse childhood experiences um scoring that there is a really high correlation between chronic illness and childhood um experiences of trauma so you know there's definitely literature coming out in that way and i think you know what we're saying is you deserve to be well and this is an area that could really help to shift that process from happening or process from yeah. happening. You're going to, one of these days you're going to have me saying it the English way. Uh, that's my goal all along. That's the only reason I want to do this podcast. <laughs> She's slowly rewiring my brain to speak in proper English. I'm insidious. Proper English. Um, so in our, in our closing thoughts, what would you say is a goal of body attunement like what what would be an example of experiencing body attunement mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so for me um gosh it's changed so much and i have i really feel like i've attain, obtained a level of body attunement um that has brought me so much freedom and i feel really grounded in my body uh-huh and I feel like I'm most of the time I have kind of a dialogue happening with my body and an awareness of what's happening. Um, so I, I feel happier and mm-hmm. more joyful yeah, and healthier. And I feel like I can also, in modeling that, I also give others permission to yeah. be connected to their body. Um, so You certainly modeled that with me, you know, and mm-hmm. in... in in saying things like, you know, we'll, we'll be out and I'll say, do you want to go for some lunch? And you'll say, I'm, I'm not hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, or my body needs this or that. And it was that was really interesting for me to hear because I think so often we think, we think with our heads, don't mm-hmm. we? I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's about thinking with our whole bodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We really, um, I really enjoyed this episode, and I hope that it was really helpful. So um, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Breaking Free Podcast, your recovery, your way. We want to hear from you. Email us at hello at breakingfreerecovery.com or join our Facebook group, Breaking Free Community. Tell us what Breaking Free means to you. 